This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, September 3rd, wherever. And however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with Colby Lever of the COVID beard, Jerem Jordan. Listen, the students on our staff are huge fans of Colby Lee. In fact, there is a signed poster of Colby Lee with his patented jump hook in uh, one of our rooms upstairs where they edit a lot. They're huge Colby Lee fans. So yesterday on the Gram, uh, Trevin Nell, teammate, posted about, uh, you know, prayers up for Colby's beard. He had a... This is before he had a beard. Solid. Right? He has a beard. And then, uh, you know, he got to shave. It's Brigham. So he's got a a full, well-groomed, thick mustache. So uh, Colby Lee, who got married, by the way, um, in, I believe, August? Maybe maybe July? Congratulations, Uh, Colby. Congratulations. So he's now the owner of uh, a new mustache. Oh, okay. (laughs) Who who knows? I was not going to say that. No way. (laughs) Gosh, no. If, if anything, yeah. his wife's probably running the show. Correct. She's, she's uh, I, I forget her name, but she's on the women's basketball team. Transfer from Michigan State, right? That's right. Congratulations. A powerful figure in her own right. Colby, she's calling the shots. You, you now look like uh, a mini Jeff Grimes. Yeah, yes, he does. <laughs> well, I, actually, Jeff Grimes looks like a mini Colby Lee because technically Colby's taller and bigger than Jeff Grimes. He's not bigger. Jeff, Grimes, Jeff Grimes is a former uh, stout offensive lineman from UTEP uh, who there was a grad assistant, some just – Unknown figure by the name of Andy Reid yeah. who helped out at YouTube. How dare I flex on Jeff Grimes like that? Don't ever do that again. He is not going to run that first play call that you requested anymore for Navy. Okay. Yeah. I am going to flex on today's show lineup, however, because we are attempting to define a special season for BYU football in this quirky distinctive and yet carefully crafted 2020 schedule. Does anything special Hinge on what happens on Labor Day night. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, discusses that question. Plus, ESPN boosts BYU's chances to beat Navy after the Cougars lose Matt Bushman. And are you really over the fact that BYU and Utah will not play this season? Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU and Navy coming up Monday. The Cougars leave on Sunday for Maryland, which is later than normal, so as to keep the pseudo-bubble intact with the team. And the game's late on Monday night. ESPN's Football Power Index has increased BYU's win percentage chance, by the way, from 28 to 32%. We'll discuss why that is post-Matt Bushman injury. And how far away exactly are we? Countdown to Navy. Four days away. Four, dude. Can you believe that? No. You leave tomorrow for the land of Mary. Also, cannot believe that. Yeah, you'll get there before the team. How about that? Normally, that's not the case. Well, I'm going to hit up the National Mall. Uh, Of course, if it's open at all, uh, masked up. Yeah. Looking to learn some history, right? Yeah. Take the foot tour of Annapolis? I don't know. The foot tour 
of Annapolis. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Foot Toy. <laughs> uh, tomorrow on the show, good news, Jerem. Yeah. Uh, we will be chatting with the man calling the game for ESPN, Reese Davis, making his second ever appearance yes. on BYU Sports. I love Reese Davis. I'm a huge fan of college game day, so that'll be a fun conversation. The last time we featured him on BYU Sports Nation, I believe, was right before BYU played UCF after the Taysom Hill injury. That's correct. How about that? It's been a while. It's been six years. It's been a minute. Woo! NFL All-Pro quarterback Aaron Rodgers says Jamal Williams. Jamal. Thank you. Has made the biggest leap of any player in the Green Bay Packers training camp. Rodgers stated, quote, Jamal's really had a fantastic camp. He's been extremely explosive in the run game. I'm really proud of Jamal, end quote. Williams entering his fourth and final season of his rookie contract. He rushed for 460 yards, one touchdown. was very effective catching the ball. 39 caught passes, including five for touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers. Jamal. Cougar alum Patrick Fishburne tees off the Lincoln, Lincoln land. That reminds me of that thing you do when they're like, land of Lincoln in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Championship in Springfield, Illinois today on the Corn Ferry Tour. Fishburne has made eight out of 14 cuts this season. Let's go, Ginger Quake. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. A season opener with special ramifications. BYU and Navy will play for the third time ever on Monday night, but will do so as the headline game of the FBS college football kickoff weekend. We anticipate maybe the largest audience to ever watch any BYU game. I expect that. It's a massive opportunity in a massive spotlight and just may have a massive impact on how BYU ultimately defines the 2020 season. Jerem, do BYU's chances at a special season hinge on beating Navy? All right, uh, dramatic question. Let's break it down. Uh, What is special, right? Uh, So I did some research this morning. Uh, I typically do. Zero or one losses in a season. BYU history. This will be the 96th season, by the way, okay. in history. So 95 seasons total. Five of those have happened, zero or one. So that'd be special, zero or one losses, right? Uh, two losses, that's only happened seven times, so 12 out of the uh, 95. So, I, okay, but let's think about it. With this schedule, there's no power fives. There's a couple of good teams, maybe, and we think Houston, maybe Western Kentucky. Western sneaky. Kentucky, according to the S&P Are, Plus, the toughest team on the schedule. Really? S&P yeah. Plus said that? Yes. Wow. Did you start, talk about the ASTM? It's all good. Sorry. Um, that's interesting. Okay. With the, it, I think it's undefeated or bust because you're playing fewer games. You're not playing Power Fives. You only have two road games right now. I, I think the only way this could be special competitively is if you run the table. I think one loss doesn't hold a candle to 96, 83, 80, or 79. No way, right? Or even the two loss seasons. Think about how good those were. 66, first WAC championship, Virgil Carter, Phil Odell, those guys. 77, 81, 01, 06, 07, 09. You think about those teams in a special situation. Like, like two losses, debatable whether that's special. I would argue that one or zero is very, like, that's awesome. So I, I'm not sure on this one because I'm thinking seven and one isn't going to fit with those teams. Um, I, I think it's undefeated or bust in terms of whether it's, quote, special or not. It is special generally because BYU's playing. Listen, Utah State today is, is thinking about how they're not playing Washington State today. Utah's thinking about how they're not playing BYU. So I think it's special that BYU's playing at all, but I think it really uh, 
depends on BYU's ability to go undefeated. And why would we think, by the way, that suddenly BYU's just going to go undefeated? I think that's a little bit crazy, given that BYU's gone four, seven, and seven wins the last three years. Oh, because the schedule's easier. Going undefeated is really hard, even for really good teams. Ask everybody but the 84 team. Ask 2001 when they had an easy schedule. And started 12-0, and 0, but finished 12-2. and 2. Right. Injuries, ineptitude, inconsistency, the three eyes happened. So I, I think it's uh, to be, quote, special. It's special generally just to play. This is special in COVID, in a, in a pandemic. Uh, eight, the schedule got blown up. It's special what Tom Homel did with schedule just to get eight. Um, six home, two road. But I think specifically, competitively, it's undefeated or bust in that regard. Yeah, there are special elements already in play just because BYU is the Lone Ranger out west of Texas playing college football, and they have a special spotlight for the opening few weeks, which is awesome. But to have a special season, to me, it depends on how many games BYU ultimately plays, Jerem. If they only play eight, seven and one is Probably not enough to push it into the special category. But if you add a game, a bowl game, and they play up to 10 and then go 9-1, and one, then, then we're kind of getting into that territory. Perhaps. It, because who will BYU have beaten where we go, hey, that, like in every one of those special seasons, you have certain memories from those years, right, that you could pull out quickly. Listen, 79, 80, 83, 96, 84. There are multiple moments, sure. games, finishes, people that matter. Maybe it's a bowl game. Maybe it's the bowl game, Jerem. Perhaps. But I don't think that we can throw that in, especially without playing a Power 5, unless somehow BYU gets one on there. And even if they do, it was only one, right? Um, like, if we walk through those... 79, Ask Boise State about that. But yeah. Well, it's a different model. It's a different model. They play, yeah, like the one or two... And they win, and they go, sweet. Special like, season. Like, 84, we don't highlight, uh, you know, how well we do on the show. We highlight, like, well, look how bad they were. Like, that helped the cause. Pitt goes 3-7-1, and one, and Michigan 6-6 six and six at the end of the season. Um, they were both top five teams at some point in the year. Uh, but, yeah, listen, I'm so happy BYU's playing at all. And if they can win the majority of those games, great. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm happy we're playing. But now that we are playing, it's not enough. Now it's time to go win. And a 6-2 and two is the minimum for these eight games. I would be disappointed in anything less than that. Okay, and I think that's fair given what BYU will face as a collective schedule. And 6-8 of eight at home, by the way. Like, you got to win Sure. Six the way it's set up right now. Of the eight total. Yeah. 7-1 yeah. and one sounds amazing, right? Sounds great. Oh, 7-1. Yeah, and one. So absolutely. if BYU loses the season opener against Navy... So, so back to the question, yes, which you asked, which like, is, does special uh, hinge on that? The, is, the is answer is one, yes. Is seven and one special? Is seven and one special? Not with this schedule, no. Um, because there's, what, kind of two respectable opponents in terms of that's the kind of equal to or better. Well, how do you Na- view probably, Troy and Western Kentucky? Na- uh, uh, as winnable games at home? Right? Um, yeah, where BYU is favored and is expected to or win. Or Army on the road. Like, Ar- is that, is that a, are Army, Houston, and Navy, are those the three most potentially respectable wins? I, I, put, I put Navy, and Army has a brand, right? And it's on the road. Right. They were 5-8, and eight, and who knows how much better they'll be or if but they'll be better the at all. two years before that. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I go Navy and Houston as, like, the two big games on the schedule, right? So, yeah, push the reset button on this. You, you wake up and, you know. Um, and this was the schedule BYU was going to have, you're thinking 
six and two or better, right? Um, I, I, I just think because BYU is not playing a power five and six of the eight are, are at home, this sets up to be really good. Sure. So I expect uh, BYU to be good. But special, when I look at those seasons, these don't hold a candle because of fewer games and fewer good teams. I'm not going to put whether or not this season is special solely on the opening game because we don't know how many games will follow after that. There I will, though. Unknowns. I will because I'm undefeated or bust in the special category. Right, okay. Listen, so you, for you, it, it's undefeated. It doesn't have to be special for me to be happy. Right. If you are looking for special every year, you will be unhappy every year with BYU football and the way that BYU schedules. It's they, just been 24 years since BYU had a one-loss team. Right. I will take 6-2 and two happily. In fact, 5-3, and three, I'll be like, shoot, one game got away. And it was crazy. And maybe it's a 62-60 game with Western Kentucky yeah, at home yeah. or something. I can't, in good conscience, put it all on one game. I know that is a massive opportunity for BYU and Annapolis to beat Navy. And one of the would, two good games, though. It would absolutely okay. launch the narrative of something potentially special if the Cougars ran the table and then got into a – if they were 8-0 going into a bowl game, holy awesome. cow, that well, would be amazing. 8-0, you've got a shot at a New Year's Six. you got a shot. doesn't mean you're in for sure, but you got a good shot. But if BYU loses the opener – Sorry, I said that without the goggles. My bad. To brand anything <laughs> even in the realm of my, special, my bad. the Cougars would probably have to win out to go 7-1 and one and then get into a bowl game and try and go to 8-1. and one. If they add a few more games, great. 9-1, yeah. and 10-1. and one. I mean, Blaine Fowler said on this, on this show – he expects BYU to only lose one game. No matter how many they play, he expects them to lose one game, which is crazy, Lord, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're, Look at the schedule and tell me how BYU is not going to win at least six there. And, and then we had our, we've had our discussion the last three years, BYU is 11 and 12 against Group 5 in Indy. Why do we think suddenly BYU is just going to, poof, be better than that? Easier opponents? The way that the schedule is spread out. South Florida out. fits in perfectly with some of these types of teams, Ma- Majority though. at home. Oh, I know. My Tali- group of you know five what I mean? anxiety index yeah. is peaking with Western right. Kentucky. If you can't go at least 6-2 and two in this, then what the heck are we doing? Because BYU's hardly ever going to win eight-plus games then. This is the year for BYU to go, look, we're better than what we've been against group of five teams. Power fives is still a thing that's going to be 40% on average, right? So if you, that's why I say schedule three, because then you're one and two at worst. You're two and one most of the time. And on a good year where all three P5s aren't that good, you're probably three and oh. That's what BYU did in 2014. They played three power fives. Two of them weren't good. They had losing records, Virginia and Cal. Texas was good. They were eight and five. That was a great win. That's one of the better wins in Independence, right? That was, and that's a team in in 2014 with Taysom Hill and Jamal Williams and a bunch of talent uh, on both sides of the ball that was capable of doing something really special. That could have been a one-loss or zero-loss team, but one of the three eyes happened, the injuries. Okay, so for you, win them all. Win them all, baby. For me, if you lose, you probably got to win the rest to even be in position oh, to smell something yeah, special. Yes, and if the if the season's super weird and some, somehow BYU sneaks into some amazing bowl game and has some dramatic win, like I'm with you. There are criteria available to slide them in somehow. It could change. Maybe, yes. 
Hard to just rule them out, obviously. <laughs> but, like, I think undefeated is the likely only way to do that. I'm having vivid memories of the last time BYU had a special season in 1996 when I was mm-hmm. bragging in Mrs. Hamblin's geometry class Hi, at Hamblin. Sunset Junior High to all of the BYU haters around me and my girlfriend at the time, Holly Henderson. Hi, Holly. I apologize for all, 12, of the, all the BYU talking <laughs> it's junior high. Actually, I'm not sorry. No, you don't. I'm not sorry. No, you don't. Davis, it was a special season. People ta- needed to know about you it. you got to attack Davis County with Cougardom. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Too many Utes. Our question of the day. Today would have been game day for BYU at Utah. Speaking of the Utes, are you over it mm. emotionally? Mm. Why or why not? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Patty underscore Rick 23 on Instagram. I'm still not over it. Knowing the Utes had to reload an entire defense would have given me some hope, and blue goggles on would have given the Cougs a much-needed win. But I'm still happy BYU was playing, so I can't complain too much. It's sort of a win that BYU's playing in Utah's not, though, right? When I say sort of, I mean definitely, right? Like, BYU fans have pride that BYU is playing and Utah is not. You you wish I wish Utah was playing. I really do. I wish Utah State was playing. Really, it's because the Mountain West Conference and the Pac-12 and the Big Ten all canceled. So the pride, yes, it's. I don't think it's just over Utah. It's BYU over everybody pride else and being in the, the team in the West. <laughs> we love being our, on our own. Yes, we get, listen. This if, defines independence. If, if BYU was a person, they'd be like, yeah, I go to movies and uh, concerts by myself. I don't care. I'm going to do my own thing. Way ahead of the curve, discovering that cool band, (laughs) that cool movie. Intermittent fan uh, friend fasting? I'd totally do that. (laughs) Coming up, why did BYU's chances of beating Navy go up after the Matt Bushman injury? I don't know, but I like that. The voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel, on how BYU plans to fill the Bushman void and how a season-opening win would impact the 2020 campaign. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Game day means countdown to kickoff is back, baby. 7 Eastern Mondays, Dave McCann, Blaine Fowler, David Nixon, and Spender Linton get you ready for the Cougar season opener at Navy from Provo and Annapolis. We are live in Studio B, four days away from the Cougars and Midshipmen. Four days, dude. Let's go. Open up a wild strange unique 2020 season wait why just kidding okay okay this is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan joining us now is the voice of the BYU Cougars Greg Rubel on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline he is looking dapper in his office we're always glad to have him on the show we're just going to direct our we're just going to point at your office this way that's all right up there it's up there somewhere over there uh Greg, you have one of the more entertaining travel schedules all year, albeit it's a little bit lighter this fall than it usually is. A um, little bit. Yeah, yeah, or a lot. What, what's your go-to medium on a cross-country flight? Like, what, what are you doing when you're flying across the country? Uh, I'm usually uh, studying boards and, and, and writing a pregame script if it's not already written, uh, catching a little shut-eye, and, and, and maybe seeing what's on, on, on live television at, at that point. Um, I'm not a big movies guy. Occasionally, if the right one pops uh, up on the Delta selection panel, it might intrigue me. But usually, 
uh, flights and hotel room stays are more work than anything. And so I end up doing uh, a, a lot of prep and a lot of additional prep and, and research and memory drills and those kinds of things on those flights. They're good for that. You get isolation, you get focus, and you can really lock in on stuff. So I, that, that's what I tend to do. But there's always time for a, you know, a classic like hot rod or something like that, right? Just like that. <laughs> Just like that. In the court of preparation, and thank, and you thank would be you, thank you, Jerem Jordan, for introducing me to that. Oh, a couple years listen, ago. listen, half half of our Satake show prep is discussing old SNL sketches. So anyway, yeah, okay. Let's talk about what would constitute a special season. We just talked about how it, it is special that BYU is playing at all, right? Utah, and Utah State, which is they were playing today against BYU and Washington State, respectively, both Cougars, I guess, right? But BYU's playing. That's awesome. But on the field, competitively, this schedule, what would constitute a special season? Well, it's an eight-game season with uh, – now, I haven't seen lines on the other games, but we know that Navy's a pick and that the rest, you might say BYU'd be, you know, logically, you know, favored to win. So if, if BYU um, – you know, were not to open the season with a win, but then go seven and one, they would have done the things they were supposed to do, you could say. And so if Navy's the one game where there's some doubt as to whether BYU can get it done and they win that, well, I think now you're looking at special season category. Uh, it's a little harsh to say that seven and one wouldn't be special, but with this schedule, uh, you really would have just done the things you're expected to do. And so the Navy game kind of, uh, you know, swings it a little bit. And it's tough to tell what every team's going to look like by the end of the year right now. But, yeah, I think a lot rides on it. I think if, you know, that's the game that helps you become a story, right? Because everybody's watching on Monday Night Football. It's the only game around. Uh, You're the only team in the West playing all season long at this point. If you make a good showing that night, you're something to, to think about now. And if you get through September, without a loss. Now you're a bit of a story heading into the next phase of the season. And so the longer BYU can stay uh, again, topical and, and a story of sorts in this most unusual seasons, the better. And so a lot does hinge on just getting out of the gates. Right. And yeah, with eight games that are currently on the schedule, you'd like to think BYU is good enough to win them all. Greg with national rankings, really guiding that relevance conversation for BYU because they don't have a conference and if they get ranked then you are relevant and your highlights are seen on Sports Center. Let's say that they start 2 and 0. At that point in the modified 76 teams that are playing, would that be enough to get BYU into the top 25? I think some of it depends on how they look in doing that, but they're going to have the stage, right? They're going to be on ESPN Monday Night Football for their first game. And they're going to be on CBS, Coast to Coast, in the SEC time slot in the second game. So there will be a lot of people, uh, rankers and otherwise, watching to see what this BYU team looks like. And again, it's a great opportunity, guys, because of their unique status as the only Western team playing college football. They represent half of the country. Uh, <laughs> not that everyone in the half of the country is going to be cheering for BYU, but it's, it, it's geographically BYU's game right now. And, and BYU's uh, opportunity to take hold of. So there are some really unique and positive potential developments uh, at, at, as a result of this entire crazy situation. And so BYU represents more than just, you know, it, it's, it's a little pocket of fandom right now. There's a potential to become a story for uh, a, a large, you know, swath of the country, which is pretty cool. And you think about it, with so much discussion about independence over the years, it's the one reason BYU is playing football this weekend. The fact that BYU is an independent. If they were members of a conference, they'd be on the shelf with everybody else right now. 
and and it's not it's not that BYU's you know has has had to break rules to be where they are. They're obeying the rules that everybody wants every other team to obey to be able to play. But by doing that and committing to it and having that independent status, they have this ability to have uh, a unique and potentially special season one way or the other. Being single is good sometimes, says BYU football. And when you look at the relevance thing, I think you make a great point, too. Because I think, okay, what is it, how do we quantify relevance? We've always said the top 25. Another one is this. You're being discussed. You're being talked about. There are fewer yeah. games the first couple of weeks. So guess who's going to be talked about on game day every week and on College Football Live and all these shows? It's BYU. So the opportunity that BYU has, and they do have a bye week in, in week two, but BYU is basically going to play you know, uh, mo- seven of their, fir- their eight games in the first nine weeks. Uh, they got to they jump out quick, and there's no power fives. There's an opportunity here to make a splash quickly. Yeah, and, and BYU-Navy are actually the marquee names of opening weekend, right? And they're saving it to Monday Night Football. We all know that Labor Day weekend is saved for that Monday. It's two big-name teams playing on that Monday night. Now, because all those conferences are waiting – to later in the month, it falls to, to, you know, and ESPN brokers this thing, of course, but they put BYU and Navy as the marquee game of the opening weekend of college football to cap off on, on Labor Day night. It's a great opportunity. Again, if BYU looks good right there, yeah, they are discussed about because BYU is a name, uh, you know, uh, of, of a lot of these teams playing, you know, with, with a lot of P5 leagues sitting out, BYU becomes one of the bigger names to lump in with those P5 programs if the Cougars can start strongly. And it's been a while since BYU has been able to be a story or talked about in the month of October. What a great opportunity this year to have to beat Navy, Army, and Troy to be in that position. Greg Rubel, the voice of the Cougars, with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's switch gears now and talk about something that's not as exciting, but really uh, quite devastating to BYU football and losing Matt Bushman for the season. Just an absolute gut punch to the potential offensive production that BYU could have. That said, Jeremy and I, in our discussions, kind of feel like BYU has enough playmakers to maybe make amends for that. How do you see... Uh, the group of players behind Matt Bushman filling that void that he leaves behind? Well, you know, there's a good number of targets to make up, and it could be that the shift moves a little bit from his position to the wideouts, and maybe the backs see a few more targets. And I really do think, you know, this can be an Isaac Rex breakout season. He was already going to be good as the number two to Matt. He's just got to be better sooner, and I think he's got the ability to do that. And and so there are targets to be had, but I think, again, this could be the year where the wideouts see more of them. Let's not forget um, last year's leading target or last year's leading receiver in terms of catches was a wide receiver. Uh, Bushman had the more yards by a smidge, but the leading receptor – uh, was a wide receiver. That can be the case again, and I think will be the case this year, in part in part due to necessity. I mean, uh, Bushman was going to be a legitimate and justified target hog. Without him, you can look other places, and I think there are guys to look to that can get the job done. At running back, it feels like BYU is a little thin right now. How concerned are you since Devontae Henry Cole transferred, Bruce Garrett left the team, and now Hinkley Ropati is reportedly out for the year? Yeah, you know, BYU really did a great job at, at, at deepening that room and all the depth that they brought in is now gone. And so so it, it's last year's guys all over again. Not a bad thing if they can play, you know, 8 or 10 or 12 or 13 games, whatever that number ends up being, as long as, as you know, the, the two maybe the two main guys in that group, if not one workhorse guy, can be an every-game guy, 
BYU can be okay. That's been the challenge, is finding an every-game guy. You really have to go back to Jamal Williams to find an every-game guy that could be a workhorse back for BYU. It's been, it's been injury and departure and rotation and any number of reasons to keep uh, you know, a, a, a true standout from emerging. But if those guys who are last year's guys, and they are this year's guys again, are back and healthy, BYU can have a very strong running back core. But can they just get a big number of games out of that group is the question. Because they have the people to do it, but uh, you know, can BYU keep consistency in the backfield remains the question. And it's been that way at quarterback too. Uh, having quarterbacks and running backs who can play every game together uh, and not have to go three and four and five deep between you know, the collection of bodies means a lot. Greg, you have been meticulously putting together your play-by-play boards and have really dived into the matchups. So when you look at those boards... He's grabbing the boards. They get, they're, they're, see, right, they're right it's, here. It's a there thing of beauty. Like, it really is a thing of beauty. As you look at those boards, which matchup is the most intriguing from BYU and Navy? Well, it, it's going to be just how, how different... BYU looks maybe on defense in week one than BYU does in week three or, or six or seven in terms of how they play. Navy is going to make you play a defense unlike the one you're going to need really the rest of the season. And so uh, you might see really important players in week one defensively, not necessarily be super important players in week three, but man, they wouldn't have won that game in week one without those guys being as, as good at tackling as they were or as strong at, at, at staying disciplined as they were. And, and they may not be the marquee names that might emerge later in the year, but that's going to be the case, I think, in week one, probably week two, with Army posing a similar challenge. And so, uh, really, it's, it's, you're not going to expect uh, Dalen Morris to do all the things Malcolm Perry did. But um, if the quarterback is eating up the kinds of chunks of yards that Perry did last year, um, that, that's not going to be good. And, and if they can somehow find a way to tamp that position down just a bit, if not a lot, uh, that's going to be integral for BYU in, in week one. So I, I guess I'm trying to see how well the quarterback runs in week one compared to what Navy got out of that position last year because it was a huge number. Greg, great to catch up with you, man. It's going to be a unique experience, to say the least, uh, as you watch a game in such a heralded stadium and setting with no fans um, but we know you're going to bring it professionally. So we appreciate what you do. And uh, we're already working on your next movie recommendation for the cross-country flight. So we'll get that to you later. I'll, I'll look for that from, from Jerem. And uh, I will say this. Yeah, it's going to be a little bit different. Uh, our broadcast crew is a little smaller in size this year by necessity. And there will be no fans in the stands. But, you know, Shakespeare wrote, the play's the thing. And, and, and the plays are going to be what matters most on Monday night. And, and we hope there are great, productive scoring plays for BYU to bring to our radio audience. I'm looking forward to calling plays again. It's been a long time mm-hmm. since I've been on the headset. And so the play's the thing. And we got plays coming your way on Monday. I look forward to it. Love it. Thanks so much for the time, Greg. You bet, guys. Thanks. Greg Rubel on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, you know why we show how. Look at Greg dropping Bill Shakespeare. Love it. Coming up. Are we over the Bill Shakespeare? Is that Bill Shakespeare? Are we over the fact that today could have been game day at Utah? And will Jamal Williams be the guy in Green Bay at running back? His future Hall of Fame quarterback gives a massive vote of approval. This is BYU Sports Nation. Oh, you want to be a writer? In case you missed it, the season two debut of Deep Blue featuring Zach Wilson is out. You can watch that and 
all of season one, all 24 of them, on the Deep Blue Show page on the BYU TV app today. Next week, we'll feature receiver Dax Milne and his journey with a mother who has overcome cancer. He is Jeremiah Spencer, and this is BYU Sports Nation. Time to whip it! Brought to you by Visible Supply Chain Management, tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Okay, Jeremy, let's start the Cougar Whip. Yesterday, with, uh, yeah, you, you, you kick it off. Yesterday during media availability, Navy tri-captain and offensive tackle Billy Honaker talked about what it will be like to play with no fans. One of the best things about football is, you know, breaking that long run and hearing the, the crowd erupt. So we're going to be missing that aspect, but BYU is also missing it. So... It's just about us bringing our own energy and bringing our own juice and getting the job done. Will no fans at Monday's game hurt Navy or help BYU more? I think it's a wash, really, because it's all going to depend on which side of the ball, which team creates the energy from positive play. Like, the energy is going to have to come from within. It's not like they're going to be able to pipe fan noise into the stadium. I don't know. Maybe they try and do something like that. That seems a little bit too complicated. It should be spelled out and quirky. Yeah, at this point. Legalities. Like the yeah. NBA, it's like you can only go past certain volume or whatever. It's it's about the team that with positive plays creates their own momentum. So it's a wash for me. You, you know who's out in the middle of nowhere who has to create their own energy to get a job done? The Navy. In the middle of the ocean. So I, I think that they will be able to do that. The question is, can BYU do it themselves? It's a travel disadvantage, as we talked about. Not sure, sure, a travel disadvantage. But the fans, with no fans, like I just don't see any difference right there. Okay, so who handles it better, to your point? Next question, Jerem. Uh, BYU's football power index chances on ESPN of beating Navy have increased from 27.7% to 32.1%. This after BYU lost Matt Bushman for the season. What happened? It wasn't because of Matt Bushman. Certainly, you'd think that would go down. I don't know what happened. What happened? Yeah, I I have no idea. Let's ask uh, our boy Paul Saban what happened. I think ESPN uh, may have been paying attention to the money line on this game and uh, decided to up the chances a little bit. like, hey, no one's going (laughs) to notice this. Aaron Rodgers says he believes Jamal Williams has made the biggest leap on the Packers. Will Jay Swagdaddy lead the Pack in rushing this season? No. He's, he is more of a threat right now out of the backfield as a pass catcher. And I think that's just fine. He caught five touchdown passes last season. That's a good and number. he's a great pass blocker. Aaron Rodgers is talking about Jamal's explosiveness, which is great. Give him the ball. Give him an opportunity. Hopefully the, Packer, uh, hopefully the Packers offensive line is better this year. But Jamal will do most of his damage as a pass catcher and as a protector for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones is the number one. They drafted A.J. Dillon, who had a tremendous career at Boston College. A.J. Dillon's in the mix to kind of be the number two there. So Jamal has his work cut out for him in the last year of his contract. FBS football begins tonight, Jaron, with Central Arkansas at UAB in the Fighting Trogdors. Also, South Alabama at Southern Mississippi. Which game are you watching, if not both? Uh, I'll, I'll dip my toe in both, you know, football. I didn't really watch. Last week I watched a little bit. I didn't really dip in. I know you watched it. Of Austin P and Central yeah. Arkansas? Yeah, it just wasn't. No, no, no. It was Austin P and something Arkansas. <laughs> it wasn't, was it Central? Did they go back-to-back? I, it's Maybe. An F, that's an FCS team. A uh, li- little bit, but I won't be watching it, though. 
I'm going NBA playoffs is a bigger deal to me right now. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna stream. I will watch at least a few plays from both of those games because it's FBS college football, and I'm interested to see how it looks on TV, how many fans will be in the stands at those games, how it's gonna compare to the headliner of BYU and Navy. Yeah, I'm I'm fascinated by all of this because it's so different. We've never seen anything like it. Yeah. I think we know what it'll look like on TV, right? We've seen the NBA playoffs, we've seen Major League Baseball, we've yeah, seen but, I mean, soccer. It, it, it depends on how many fans they let in because Austin, the Austin P game, they had some fans there, and I was surprised to see any fans at all. Let's watch Utah High School football if you want to see what fans in the stands look like. Patrick Fishburne begins play at the Lincoln Land Championship on the Corn Ferry Tour. Tony Finau, adopted Coog, begins play at the Tour Championship. Which is more likely to finish in the top ten of their event? I'm going to give the nod to Tony Finau just because that's what he does lately is finish in the top ten. He's Mr. Consistency. He kind of reminds me of what Matt Kuchar used to be, where mm-hmm. the guy that always finished in the top ten but couldn't win the big event. Tony's due. Matt eventually Tony's won due. a big event. Tony's like, due. He's going to win a big event. So yeah. I, I give the nod to Tony Finau. He's due like a library book. Let's go. Tony Finau has seven top ten finishes. He's going to win one at some point. Patrick Fishburne, Ginger Quake. He's uh, working his way up. He's doing well on the Corn Ferry Tour. That's great to see. Peter Quest. Zach, Patrick Zach Blair. Zach Blair, yes. Maybe somebody has uh, called it quits, but uh, had a nice career. So this is a golf school. <laughs> and many other things. They're still playing golf right now. So yes, they are. So. That's, a, that's, a, that's a pandemic sport. Yes, it is. Oh, it's built for it's that. It's built for a pandemic, you know? Okay, coming up on this day. A battle of significant era starting wins. And are you emotionally over what would have been a BYU-Utah season opening game day today? This is BYU Sports Nation. I was until we started talking about it. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday's game day is going to be covered wire-to-wire on BYU Radio, starting with Cougar Pregame Live 6 Eastern with two hours of pregame coverage, BYU at Navy on the radio, as well as two hours of postgame with Greg Rubel, Riley Nelson, Mitch Jurgens, and Jason Shepard, who got left off the picture. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation in Studio B. Shep is always in our hearts, though, isn't he? Yes, he's like right here, but social distancing, you know? Uh, Jeremy, during the break, uh, we briefly, just before we came back, we're talking about points scored in season openers and yeah uh, the BYU need more something that we should write down and discuss later is how many points does BYU need to score for you to feel comfortable about winning the game in Annapolis okay I always feel pretty comfortable in the 30s always but fewer possessions, possessions. at Navy so high right. 20s might be where BYU you're... again typically does not score a ton of points in season openers why not BYU scored 70 in 2001 in the season opener against Tulane I don't need that but can you get in the 30s Let's go. <laughs> okay 30s. something that we need to discuss As we have noted a couple of times on today's program, today, September 3rd, would have been a game day without all of the COVID madness. Are we ripping off scar tissue here? Is that what I feel like we're doing here? BYU at Utah, Rice-Eccles Stadium. We had counted down to the Utes for so long, and then the Pac-12 shut it down, just like the Big Ten shut it down, and the Mountain West, and the MAC. But yet, here is BYU still playing. That said, it it still kind of stings, at least to me. Are you over it, BYU Sports Nation? While you ponder that, um, we we should modify the countdown for the next time the Cougars and Utes will play. The countdown to the Utes. Three seventy three. Yeah, so it's a ways <laughs> off. Yeah, so basically a year and a week, you know, <laughs> because this summer Utah and the Pac twelve. 
mainly just the Pac-12, decided they weren't going to play the football, leaving Brigham Young without a game. But guess what? BYU's playing on Monday Night Football, so who cares? <laughs> no, I, I, your head's way bigger than mine. It's probably because I'm leaning forward. Uh, and, and they, might be they, they were zoomed in a little more. Uh, typically, my head is, is that bigger true? than yours. Is that true to laugh? Is that true to laugh? <laughs> oh, now, oh, now we're oh, about. Okay, okay. Now they're <laughs> pushing it, so mine's a little bigger. <laughs> Zoom in more, <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> my head's pretty big, let's be honest. Um, uh, I, I was over it until we started talking about it. I'm serious. I just kind of moved on because it wasn't a yeah. thing anymore. Like, no. and, yeah, and listen, I wanted the streak to end. I wanted to see BYU and this upstart offense, uh, you know, year three of Jeff Grimes, year three of Zach Wilson, let's go, play at Utah. I wanted to see that end. But the moment that that game was canceled, it was like, all right, we broke up, finding someone else to go right. on a date now, with. Now it would and, feel- and, and this date's at a nice restaurant. Listen, the feelings would be very different. Oh, the different. original schedule. This hurts. Oh, my goodness. This kind of hurts to look at. I'm the serious. feelings would be very different about BYU not playing Utah, if the Pac-12 were still playing, then there would oh, be right. way more resentment. It's yeah, like, yes, yes, amen. It's like you bring up the ex-girlfriend thing. Like, if the ex-girlfriend uh, is in a way better Canceled situation. Canceled with you, but then went on a yes, date with somebody else now later. Now she's dating a pre-med that comes from a oh, ton the, of money. Or a fireman. Yeah, way happier. You know, yes, you don't, you don't stack up physically <laughs> or financially. Well, that's the case now. But then the feelings would be very different. But because the Pac-12 is not playing, it's like, okay, you, right. your girlfriend is over, but she's depressed and just kind of alone. Honestly, listen, I feel bad for Utah and Utah State and Boise State, they're not playing at all. It stinks. I wish they were playing. It stinks. I, and you're right. There would be more resentment regarding this. Like, ah! Now it's like, I'm sorry for you guys that you're not playing. I, because I like watching the BYU's opponents play in the lead-up to the game, and I like seeing that context and everything. I, I do think it's unique and fun that BYU's the only team playing a season, Air Force playing two games, west of Texas. Only two teams in the Mountain Time Zone, UTEP, by the way. The mountain time zone. But uh, no, I, am I over it? I was until we looked up the uh, ex-girlfriend on Facebook here talking about it. You know what I mean? Right, right. But it's not, it's not as devastating because she's not dating the rich, handsome, right. chiseled right. And <laughs> Bruce she's been, Wayne type. And she's been mean to us because she's one nine and nine. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I... I I'm looking forward to that game in the future, but it's not even the first game of the year. BYU plays Arizona in Allegiant Stadium in Vegas to open the year. That's going to be fun. I hope there are fans. I'm really hoping, like, that's a big deal, right? That, like, maybe we take the show down or whatever. This is me, you know, reaching out on the air talking about it. Junior's going to love that. Look at the 2021 home schedule. Utah. We're we're talking next year. Okay. Arizona State, South Florida, Boise State, Virginia. Virginia on my birthday? Idaho State. Yes. What's up, Bronco? Happy birthday, Jeremy. You get Virginia and Bronco Mendenhall. Happy birthday to me. Holy cow. Okay, uh, three power fives plus Boise State. At and, home. Then, and then Idaho State, which let, let's hope we have a Robbie Bullo walk-off interview situation again. That was then, fun. Then look at the uh, away schedule. You mentioned the Allegiant Stadium game. Yes, so, uh, BYU awesome. South and Las Vegas, where there will be Coug- a ton of fans. Cougar Stadium South, according to Brian Kill. He forgot it was Lavelle. At Utah State, always a fun game. At Baylor is probably... That's going to be awesome. That and at USA are probably the two toughest games on the schedule next year. At Washington State is a fun matchup. And then at Georgia Southern gives... 
BYU fans we'll in the South a rare opportunity to come watch the We'll Cougars. see what Baylor is without Matt Rule, who went to the NFL. Yeah. We'll see what they are. Man, 2021. That, that stadium on the river is going to be awesome. That is the pinnacle of schedules. As good as this schedule was it's this too, year. It's too good. There's that seven. one, the 2021 schedule, I've been pointing out a long time, seven power fives. Too good. And the way, way that good. it's set up where BYU doesn't have to leave the state until late October. Yeah. Or Sorry. Uh, they, they leave the state for Las Vegas, but it's a neutral game. They don't have a road game out of the state until late October. That's crazy. Uh, you know what's crazy? Seven power fives. That's, that's crazy. You know how many I want? Three. BYU has so, one less four. power five than they do overall games right if now. If BYU played one more power five, that'd be like a league schedule. <laughs> so we're going to see what life's and, actually and like for BYU. Seven power fives and Boise State. Which it's is power five schedule. They're a, they're a, they're a, they're a G5 plus, if that makes sense. Man. Like in baseball, you'd say, oh, yeah, it's plus power, right? Boy, three, State's a 373 to Utah, Jeremy. Just don't forget it. 373. Okay, so that means there's, what, 364, 5? To, to the season opener next yeah. year? 366 to the season opener. Against Arizona? Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I was, okay, I was over it until we started talking about it. <laughs> okay, coming up, a rise and shout-out to a miracle for a former Cougar hoops. Love this story. And two different BYU football eras began with a high point on this day. Oh, September yeah, dude. 3rd. Let's go. What were they and which was the best? We play toss-up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Neon cleats. This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. I feel like giving you a daily reminder, BYU Sports Nation friends, and that is our show is available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Take that heat. Or download the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast and subscribe, rate, and review. Let's play Toss-Up, presented by Bodyguards, protection for a life worth living. Learn more at bodyguards.com. Jerem, on this day in BYU football history, two separate eras began with exciting wins. First in 2011, BYU opening up the Independence Era with a dramatic comeback win at Ole Miss. Kyle Van Noy, the man who won multiple games for the Cougars on defense, doing his thing. So it's not a problem to get up there and go no huddle. Pressure on Stout. Lost the football inside the five. It's loose into the end zone. That looks like it's a BYU touchdown. Kyle Van Noy with the recovery. Oh, my gosh. That was such a great play. Why are you dropping back to pass on third and 27 inside your own 15 Ole Miss? With the lead. Um, You know, a year and a couple months later, the zenith of Kyle Van Noy's career, Apex Mountain, San Diego State, he does that. So amazing. Multiple, multiple times. Crazy. Okay, then in 2016 on this date against Arizona, BYU's backup kicker, a freshman with neon cleats, Jake <laughs> Oldroyd gives Kalani Sitake his first win as BYU's head coach. Snap is back. It's low. The hold. The kick is on its way. And it is good. It is good. It is good with four seconds to go. Jake Oldroyd enters BYU first game as a cougar he was the backup kicker he wasn't even the starter and he wore these neon cleats no one knew his name no one knew who he was <laughs> he actually has the cleats by the way this is a picture we got from jake last year in a case in his house those are the cleats from the 2016 arizona game pretty cool right those are soccer cleats outstanding every time you say neon cleats i think about neon trees and i just want to say it started with a whisper because yeah. hey, hey. jake's story started with a whisper Bro- you're in <laughs> 
That's what he was told. I've, I've got to do what? In my green cleats? <laughs> I, yeah. Just just what? So the toss-up, which win was the better beginning to an era? So independence versus the Kalani's Taki era, right? Mm. I think that the kick was more dramatic, and BYU hadn't had a new head football coach in 12 years. Mm-hmm. So all of the stuff behind and that, Ty Detmer was the offensive coordinator, yes. Taysom Hill, Jamal Williams back together. There were just so much going on in that game. The headlines alone, kind of in a toss-up, make that a bigger win and a bigger scenario for BYU of the two. Yeah, Arizona won three games in 2016. Ole Miss uh, in 2011 actually had two wins vacated, so they are technically owned. <laughs> so that's why BYU wins both of those games because those games aren't uh, those teams aren't very good. But in 2011, BYU was a 10 and three team, and in 2016, BYU was a nine and four team with a tough schedule. Those were some quality BYU teams uh, that took care of business. BYU's BYU struggles to put points together in season openers, as we've talked about, and we'll address a little bit later. But, uh, yeah, I would go with the Satake era, given the, the how successful the Bronco Mendenhall era was. And then it's like, what are we going to get here? And this dramatic last-second win. Storylines. The, the Kyle Van Oy thing, there were still a few minutes left in the game, but he made a play, and it was amazing. Both were fantastic. But uh, I'll pick the 2016 Arizona game. Yeah, green cleats in the display case. And Jake and Jake will uh, be here for a couple more years. Yes, he will. <laughs> Our question of the day. Today would have been game day for BYU at Utah. Are you over it? Why or why not? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort from at Bryson Denny on Instagram. It would have been a good game, but I am just excited to see BYU play. I'm over it. Just excited to see how well they can do Excited to see their improvements. Go Cougs. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, I, I was over it until we started talking about it. But we're moving on to Navy. Let's go, man. Okay, today's Combined Rise and Shadows presented by Mountain America Credit Union guiding you forward. It goes to former BYU basketball player Lamont Morgan Jr., who is a beloved former player here. He used to do some voiceovers for BYU TV, actually. He posted the following on Instagram. That's not a quote. I'll summarize it. Uh, his family received a miracle with his baby Isla, who was born on August 13th after 35 weeks. Lila came out without a heartbeat, didn't breathe for 29 minutes before doctors got her breathing. After several days of intense care, doctors told Lamont she was being counted out and they needed to say goodbye when ready. Just the the hardest news possible, right? A few days later, they decided it was time to say goodbye on a Sunday morning. While they were watching church, they got a call to hold off the decision because she opened her eyes and started breathing on her own, and she was going to be okay. Right now, she's doing all right. That is a miracle for Lamont Morgan Jr. and his family. Some people don't get that miracle, but in this case, the Morgans did, and it is uh, an amazing blessing for their family. That's awesome. Love you, brother, and we wish continued health uh, to you, your family, and especially uh, baby Isla. Isla. Yeah, fantastic. Our thanks to today's guest, Greg Rubel. Sorry to Dennis Pitta, no time today. Perhaps before the season, maybe not. For Jeremiah am Spencer. Shout out to Steve Clements. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Reese Davis of ESPN will join us and join Jerem Jordan on Instagram for his live one-on-one with head basketball coach Mark Pope tonight. Go Cougs! Hi, we're the hosts of The Fixers, and you're watching BYU TV. Together.